but where we were in like World War II times or in where the people are at in third world countries, we are so comfortable that we have forgotten to go out there and look for opportunities because everything is given to us. What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. And we are live here. You know, Don, I'll introduce you here in a second, but we just launched the Freedom Media Network a short time ago, and it was very fortuitous because I'm not a doctor, and I'm not an epidemiologist. I can't do much. But what I can do is communicate and build an audience, and we built the Freedom Media Network to help empower critical thinking that spurs freedom, abundance, and prosperity. And, you know, we launched it before this whole COVID-19 corona apocalypse thing happened, and I realized, listen, if we can use this network, and we just launched freedommedianetwork.com to help the helpers, to help spread word of people who are helping. And there's that old Mr. Rogers quote, right? Where, where that comes up every time there's a crisis. And he says, you know, in a crisis, look for the helpers. And there's a lot of people doing incredible things. And if you, if you allow the fog to dissipate a bit, and cut through the bullshit and the hysteria and the panic and all the stuff that's going on, you find the people who are helping and providing value. And last night I was on LinkedIn and Facebook and I saw you come out with what we're going to talk about today by way of introduction, Don Wetrick, president and CEO of the Started Up Foundation based in Indianapolis, Indiana. I think we were on each other's podcast two years ago. I think I called you a guerrilla warrior breaking apart the antiquated school system from within. But Don is based in Indianapolis. Uh, the Started Up Foundation is a wonderful resource helping empower students to to have innovation, an innovation mindset. Don was in my book in which he talks about um, the fact that opportunities are everywhere and he's looking for and, and, and working to create seekers and peakers, not moaners and groaners. So you bet it. Yeah. Don Wetrick, welcome. Welcome to this improv live stream. Hey man, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're quarantined and uh, not that we're ill yet, Hopefully never. I knew I had some time on my hands and uh, I knew I had a lot of teachers that were and parents that were going, what do I do? You know, what what are we going to work on? And, and I, I had this idea of I, I hear people all the time. So I had this weird class called Innovation and Open Source Learning. And the class was basically um, it, it was a time to do the things that you wanted to do you had this gift of time. You just had a project manager like myself to say, okay, what are you working on and what are your goals and what are your KPIs and how are we going to work backwards and, and um, get these things done? So I, I was sitting there like, what a golden opportunity. And, and, and by the way, I, I just want to like showcase the, or like point out that there's, there's being opportunistic and understanding an opportunity. And without a doubt, I wanted to show this as an opportunity. Um, what an opportunity we have of a lot of people, millions of students are going to have downtime. And my fear was, is that they were just going to get on TikTok and watch 18 different people dance renegade the same damn way in the same damn time. And then hate liking it and being upset with that. They got nothing done. So instead I wanted to like, Hey, might you, be introduced to a new way of thinking might you be introduced to some skills that we have kind of worked on and refined over the last five six years in our class and um 
and so yeah, I, like in design thinking, I had empathy for our end user, which is either parents, teachers, or students, and uh, we decided to to kind of like give abbreviated version of our class. Yeah. So, so tell us more about what's in the curriculum. You know, dumb question. Is it only good for, for students, teachers, parents in Indiana? Can anyone in the country? No, use it? no, no, Walk no, yeah. no. We've already gotten some signups from outside the United States. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, I would say really the most upper grade would probably be fifth. Um, but it's, it's, it's a two week mind course, then some specific skills. And, you know, you said it, like I sign off every podcast. This is Don Wetrick reminding you opportunities everywhere. That mindset, like I, I don't have time to get to all the opportunities that I want to get to. Matter of fact, I've got a shiny object, like a disease where I love all things to be solved. And I try to, you know, it's a bad play, but I try to like get into a lot of them. But, you know, so the, the first week is kind of identifying things, um, a little bit of skills in there. And then I'm hoping to get students um, look for some of these opportunities in their region or in their neighborhood. And then they give feedback on some of the things that they want to start tackling. Because once you kind of have your eyes open, uh, you're going to like, okay, then what do I do about it? How can I go about this? All right, let's rapid prototype. Like, like, submit a, like a small proposal. What do you think they should happen? What would you do? Um, it'd be great if teachers designed this because then that way they can kind of take a look at what they're working on. Um, I might be able to take in some small groups, um, but literally we're kind of just providing a platform of like, you know, hey, you've got time you've got maybe two weeks, maybe longer. What would you possibly want to work on? And where does your skill set lie? So if a, you know, if a kid's like, I'm going to design an app to find more dogs. Awesome. Do you know how to design apps? No. Okay. How about we start looking at things that, you know, where are your talents? How could you, you know, apply them into something like this? Um, that kind of thing. And then after the two weeks are over, I'm probably going to just be interviewing some of the people, maybe yourself, you know, like kind of introducing them to some people that are movers and shakers. They just don't, they've never heard of. Like I, I just, I still scratch my head when I'm talking to, um, you know, a teacher and they've never heard of Tim Fair. Right. So never have. No. Um, so introducing like, you know, Stephen Kotler, my gosh, that new book, The Future is Faster Than You Think with the Amanda and Kotler. It. Yeah. Hurt yeah. my brain. And it, it, interesting to read this week too, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure I'm going to have Steven on. Um, but just uh, some people that I think that students should know. Yeah. I don't really care if, you know, little Uzi wants to weigh in on the coronavirus. Uh, but I would like to hear from a Stephen Kotler type of person. Going back, let's take let's take a few steps back. You know, you have 26, 27 years in the public school system as an educator. Uh, 22. 22, 22. OK, so 22 years in in there and, and several years ago, was it was it Daniel Pink? Was it the notion that Daniel Pink had of that? Was it 20 percent time? Yeah, um, that spurred it. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that really kind of was, incentivized yeah. everything? Yeah. So I'm literally, I think I still have this email that said, watch this. And I was on my lunch break and uh, it was a link to YouTube and it was Daniel Pink's Ted talk. I think it was like nine years ago. I got that Ted talk and uh, yeah, it was on um, what motivates people and how innovative companies innovate. And though they, they gave their employees 20% of their work week, i.e. one day a week 
to basically achieve mastery, autonomy, and purpose. Mastery in the sense that if, you know, this is something you want to work on and you really want to have a, 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 a you know, you want to master it. Uh, and it's innate in all of us, right? Whether we want to do a kickflip or, you know, we want to, you know, level up on a, you know, a video game. Autonomy. Could you please leave me the hell alone? for at least an hour. Can I, can I deep work into this? And then lastly, there's purpose. And that's the one that really hurt the most. Cause it's like, if I asked my students, you know, what is your purpose here? And they're like, I don't know, to get a good grade and get into college. What do you want to do with your life? I don't know. Get a good job after go to college. What are you going to major in? I don't know. I, I, I deeply think we have a crisis of meaning in this country um, I'm almost wanting to write a blog called the jiggle, the rat theory. Um, <laughs> go with me on this one. Yeah. My, my roommate in college had a snake and it got big and, um, it got big enough that it was slow. And this live rat that he put in the cage, the rat attacked the snake and hurt his eye because he was slow. And so he had to start buying frozen dead rats. Then the snake got depressed because there was nothing to hunt for anymore. Every one of his needs, everything was taken care of. He had a nice sun lamp. He was entertained. He just, you know, the, the, there was a constant food source and yet he was depressed. And the only way he would eat is if you jiggle the rat. He's like, make me feel that it's alive so I can hunt it. And I think that that's where a lot of our students, heck, it's where a lot of adults are. You know, like jiggle the rat a little bit. I, I really think that people are binge watching the coronavirus coverage because it makes you ironically feel alive because there's nothing like uh, people are like, oh, I'm suffering. And I'm not to diminish people's where they're at, but where we were in like World War Two times or in where people are at in third world countries, we are so comfortable that we have forgotten to be to go out there and look for opportunities because everything is given to us. Everything is made in a nice, neat package. And, and I want to return to that, okay, things aren't right. What are you going to do about it? That opportunities are everywhere mantra. Like, okay, great. You don't like where, you know, and I'm not a political person. I hate Trump. Awesome. What part of it don't you like? Oh, I don't like the way he's treating blank. Awesome. What are you doing about it? Right. Well, I'm going to vote him out. I hate the government so much that my, my answer to that is more government. I'm sorry, what? What are you doing? Yeah. And then last soapbox moment, I, I one time had a poll where I asked as many students as I could. And I'm like, what are you passionate about? What do you really live for? Kurt, about 90% of all students talked about somebody else's dream. Hmm. Oh, I'm a really big fan of the Colts. Oh, I love this band. I love the Mandalorian. All of which things are great things. But if that's what the most things you're passionate about, it's somebody else's work. You know, the guy that watches the game and said, we didn't play good defense in the fourth quarter. No, we didn't. You watched. Yeah. So that purpose is really lacking. Sorry, rant over. No, no, no. It's important because I think, and, and you and I were talking before we hopped online, um, the notion that critical thinking, uh, I think it's Eric Butterworth, author, and he was a minister in the Unity Church, talked and wrote about almost 20 years ago. Well, more probably he wrote about it <laughs> continuously. The fact that our greatest weapon is our creative mind and that humans, when, you know, millennia ago, 
went forth from the caves. So they traded some freedom for security, right? There's no way we should have survived. I mean, the beasts that were out there, the climate, the environment, you know, we're pretty puny <laughs> humans, right? The reason we survived and thrived and the reason we're here right now isn't because of our brawn. It's because of our creative minds, our ability to, to reason and logic. And when that's gone and when we trade away that ability to critical think because we attach meaning, as you said, to a tribe, a gang, a TV show, materialism, you know, it took me a long time to get past some of the things that are said from a church pulpit about wealth and materialism. And there are some people who are specifically anti-wealth, I believe anti-prosperity and anti like that. But it took me a long time to realize that you're born with prosperity. You're not a born loser. You're a born winner. But that prosperity has nothing to do or very little to do with money, your TV, uh, Disney Plus, what you can afford. And I think people are going to find that out right now that they attach meaning to things that can be gone in an instant. And right now, if you attach meaning to anything but what's within you, um, if you attached meaning or gratitude to things that can be gone in an instant, to things that now are being taken away from you, sports, there's no sports, um, whatever it is. And now you're self-quarantined and people are freaking out because, oh my gosh, I'm stuck in the house with my wife. I'm stuck in the house with my husband. And I posted last night that my grandpa in World War I fought for Italy. They found themselves under siege in a, I think it was on the Austrian Italian border uh, in a town. And basically were prisoners in this town. They ran out of food. All there was, was a vermouth distillery. So they had to use the sharpshooters to kill rats. They ate rats and washed it down with vermouth. And the moral of my story was you're going to survive a quarantine on your couch with Netflix and Disney plus. But some of the posts I'm seeing it's uh, there's uh, well, I won't name who it is, but a, a year ago we were talking about kind of cancel uh, this friend of mine, cancel culture, um, the, the sticks and stones culture that's, that words do hurt me. And he said a quote that I'll, I, now I'm remembering, right? Which was, if these are our biggest problems, the world needs bigger problems. It's like, well, now you got it. <laughs> well, and as ironic is like, oh, it pains me to say this in my lifetime, 47 years of experience, the most unified we were as a nation was September 12th, 2001. Right. And never do I want to see anything like that again, but I'm hoping that the, the best case scenario out of this possibly pandemic uh, of, of who knows what proportions is that maybe there is some time for solitude, some time for contemplation, some time for, you know what, I need to reconnect. I need to find my purpose. I need to find my, but what I'm afraid of is that TikTok and Pornhub will spike. That's, that's my fear. You know, like, hey, what are you going to do? Sit around and watch dumb stuff all day. Man, this is your opportunity to write that blank book, blog, produce a song, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, it, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> but that's, that's my fear is it'll turn into a whole lot of nothing because we had so many great entertainment options. Well, with, you know, with great, with, you know, Uncle Ben, right, in, in Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. And we have more than 
So I remember 9-11. I was talking about this with my wife and I was working in a, in a, uh, it was the stone container building. I don't know what it's called now, but it's the diamond shaped building uh, right downtown Chicago facing the park, you know, kind of a monument. You can see everything. You can see airplanes if they're coming at your building. And after 9-11, I remember we were freaked out. We weren't allowed in our building. They were sealing manhole covers because they thought maybe terrorists were going to blow up the manholes. For weeks, it was fear and it was uncertainty. But we didn't have, I mean, yeah, did we, we had the internet, but it wasn't like this. We couldn't do what you and I are doing right now. Right. You couldn't provide right. free curriculum like, like you're doing right now. Even in 2007, 2008, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty after the crash. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, all my clients are going to go away. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Even 2007, 2008, Facebook, for all its flaws, had just come out. The ability to really build an online community still wasn't there yet. And now we have this ability. And one of the things I hear you saying is, are we going to use it for, for good? Or are we going to use it to, uh, you know, as you were speaking, it, what comes to mind is you ever see the, the movie WALL-E where everyone's like 500 pounds because everything's done for them and they're on a starship, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. No, I've had several of those conversations and yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I think one of my like third podcasts ever, two and a half years ago, um, maybe three at this point, um, I was talking to a guy that owned a, an IOT company and I was telling him that thing. I'm like, my fear is, is that we're headed towards Wally. And he's like, I'm not. And I go, why is that? And he says, well, in 1850 or earlier, it, it took a woman all day to create two meals. And you go, what can they do with their time now? A lot. And a lot has happened and a lot of progress is made. I'm like, I can't argue that. It's a good point. And he says, so I think that, I, you know, this, where we're headed in technology, so many of the most meaningless, repetitive jobs will be taken away that will have time to invent new things and, and possibly a, a, a more purpose. Man, I hope he's right. <laughs> but obviously, sometimes we're like fearing that we'll have so much time that we'll, well, heck, it's like our first year of college, right? I had so much time my freshman year of college that I'm like, I had, that it killed me. Like, yeah. I was like, there's so much free time. I don't know what to do with it. So hopefully well, that purpose will kick in. I, I just had a blog post on this about what are we doing with all our extra time? Because if you look over the last 20 or 30 years, Gallup every few years does this lifestyle poll. And one of the things they ask is, do you have enough time to do what you want? And it's remained pretty consistent over 20, 30 years. So even as we've gotten more time from the ability to be more productive, thanks to technology, the Gallup poll has remained pretty consistent that half of all Americans say they, they don't have enough time. And by the way, six in 10 working Americans say they don't have enough time. So technology is allowing us to be more productive, allowing us to have more time. But what are we doing? Yeah, more We're commitment. wasting it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. to your point. Yeah. No, well, and... and yeah, setting those priorities, um, and and that we have lost amount of time. I, I'm I didn't take that poll, but how many people like I don't have enough time because man, I've got to get to. I am three episodes behind on the Mandalorian, and you're like, that's that's not running out of time. That's an that's a you know luxury. But what do I know? There's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of panic. There's a lot of hysteria. Uh, some is, I guess, fact-based and some is just, you know, Aunt Marge sharing something that she heard and found from an epidemiologist. 
that's friends with her uncle that may or may not actually exist, right? Right. But it's a time of uncertainty. The virus is one thing, and what's going to happen with the virus, but the economic uncertainty, things that are going on. Um, what do you tell your students? Because, hey, I'm 44, and there's times when in the middle of the day, I find myself looking at stuff, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is bad. If you're 15 years old and you haven't been through a 9-11, you haven't been through 2007, 2008, you haven't been through whatever over the years, this can be, this can be really freaky. What do you, what do you tell a, a teenager or younger or a student um, to, to help them wrap their mind around it and center themselves in the storm? That's a catch-22 because in a lot of ways, I'm always encouraging them to think for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, we're in a time where we need to listen to some experts on what to do or what not to do. But you've also got to sift through the hype and the hyperbole. So I think that was one of the great byproducts of the class is that we became (laughs) cynical you know, we, we, we looked at data mm-hmm. um, and not just hype. And the people that were just throwing around hyperbole, we would look into that data and go, well, clearly that's not true because the evidence and the data suggests this. Um, so I, I, same, same answer. Like, we're living in crazy times? Yeah, kind of. Um, we'll see. Uh, and at the same time, like, if this is... My fear is that this all blows over and the United States gets by relatively unscathed. Then, then it's boy that cried wolf, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, yeah. that's kind of a dangerous thing because, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, like, like right now, the 2015 TED Talk of, of Bill Gates is starting to hit the airwaves hard. People right. are like, wait a second, this guy, like, look, viruses are a serious thing and that is one of the biggest flaws that we have that, uh, it's funny, I think America, one of America's news sources is now the Joe Rogan podcast. But, you know, that guy that he had on, from, he wasn't from the CDC, but he was a disease expert. And, and uh, you know, those kind of people are starting to sift through the not polarization of Fox and MSNBC. Right. Um, and, of course, I just instruct kids to tune out Fox and MSNBC or do a comparison and contrast and see where the middle is. Um, but as you know, and we both have see eye to eye on this, I also tried to not let my students be so freaking over the top political. Right. Um, find your sources and vet them and look at statistics and, and make informed decisions. But that's hard to do um, if you look at things online. But online isn't real life either. Yeah. Yeah. And there's benefits. And, you know, I found I found myself earlier this week using Facebook to kind of vent uh, and question things on a regular basis that quite honestly were out of my control. And, and, and you know, your mantra opportunities are everywhere. You got to focus on those opportunities that you can actually control. Right. Like if I get fired up over what someone is saying or doing regarding a payroll tax cut in Washington, DC, I can vent 10 times a day on Facebook. Ain't going to make a world bit of difference in terms of the opportunities that are coming my way that are right in front of me. Because I know a lot of people who take their eye off the ball and it's like, okay, are you in sales? What do you do for a living? The fact of the matter is your clients and potential clients now have new problems. 
They have new challenges. Those are new problems you can solve. And sales is about solving a problem. That's your opportunity. And when you take your eye off the ball and you worry about a whole bunch of things you can't control, you know, there's no reason that any of us need to know about each and every new case of coronavirus, each and every new death that's going on. You know, there's certainly enough information where we can sift through it, know what we need to know, but move on. But it's become so polarized and the tribalism now has separated people. It's like you're either skeptical of everything or hunker down or you're killing your fellow humans. It's like maybe there's something in the middle that's called critical thinking and think for yourself, be smart, be safe, but let's keep moving forward. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, this is going to make me miss the classroom because I used to love these discussions. But yeah, and it's funny. Um, we as an uh, as a foundation, we do these events once a month. Actually, I'm going to try to get something started in in your state. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, we're expanding to other states now. Uh, but basically, we we try to host events either at kind of like cool tech hubs or co working spaces, and. Um, we try to make it to where there's at least enough, like two to three high schools in the area. So we you know, can invite kids and they can start knowing each other from different schools. But once a month, uh, a small deserving nonprofit, think opioid crisis center, homeless shelter, whatever, they come in and they do a reverse pitch deck. And that is to say that they like here, they have a deck. Here's what we are. Here's what we do. Here's our mission and vision, man. Here's what we suck at. Here's what we need help with. And our students then ask a bunch of questions. They get organically into teams of about seven to 10 and they go off to different rooms and whiteboard for about 30 minutes. They come up with some fast solutions as fast as they can. They're engaged. They're off their phone. They're in that euphoria of what if and what could. And then, Hey, I know a guy and my uncle does. And then they come back and they all three, four five, six teams make a pitch on what they would do. It's funny how many times now we're like, we've got a lot of people going, can we have this event for adults? Because like right now we're getting people in industry. First of all, it's a talent pipeline for sure. Because any student that sacrifices a Wednesday night to help others, you want that kid. So now we're starting to do these and and we're having some people that own small businesses and just like come and cherry pick. Like, you know, hey kid. We do in the summer. <laughs> We've got an internship. If you want to do that, so um, I, I, I think that this purpose and 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 meaning and really kind of what I'm asking to do on this virtual thing, right? I'm going to give them a skill set of here's how to think critically. Here's how to. I mean, at the end, I'm even going to encourage, maybe not middle. Yeah, maybe not middle school, but like, why if you're in high school, you should treat LinkedIn seriously. And, and not for shameless self-promotion where you're coming across snarky and looking on other sides of the camera. I'm talking about, you know, you trying to provide value. And, and if you're on a mission, there's a lot of 30, 40, and 50-year-olds going, you're how old and you're trying to work on what? There's never been a better time to be a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old. Never. And, and I love that you're starting young. You know, we, we had a discussion a little bit earlier about meaning. Yeah. And I think right now, there are a lot of people because we've had exuberance, you know, we've, we've had a great market. Uh, we've had a lot of prosperity over the last 10 years or so. And I think that a lot of people have traded their freedom and fulfillment away for security. I've got a paycheck. It's secure. In, in what I do, I have people come to me every day 
who are like, you know, I really am not doing what I feel like I was put on this earth to do, but I got to keep doing it because I got a paycheck. And I always ask them, well, how secure is that? And when times are good, that question kind of falls on deaf ears. But I think over the last week, a lot of people are finding that that security was an illusion. Yeah. And that true freedom is when you have meaning that you can be unshakable, regardless of what goes on around you, because freedom is between your two ears. And so what you're doing is so great, because if people can learn that and kind of fight back against some of the programming they may have had from age one through seven, when they're told, this is the way you find fulfillment, this is the way you find freedom, and when they get to 45, it's like, I've worked in finance for 25 years and I hate it. I've despised my career. Why'd you do it? because I was told by dad, I was told by someone, you got to go into finance because that's the best career. If you want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And applying that critical thinking, it's a lot easier to get to someone when they're 14 than when they're 44. So kudos for doing that. Trying man, trying. (laughs) So what uh, one, 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 big challenge I'm seeing right now is that there are, you know, uh, I don't, you, you're, you've seen Endgame, right? Avengers Endgame. And remember when, uh, when they're talking about who's going to put the gauntlet on and Thor wants to put it on and, and Hulk says, you know, most of the radiation in that gauntlet is gamma. I was made for this. I joke with people, you know, I've been working from home since 05. Our, our oldest is 13. We have four kids. We've been homeschooling. So I joke with people, I was made for this, you know, but there's a lot of people who are suddenly working remotely, Mm -hmm. um, who've only worked in an office setting mixed with the fact that now suddenly they're kind of homeschooling as well. Right. Or at least their kids are at home and I see, and, and it's hard to explain that it doesn't have to be as, uh, ultra structured. Right. And, people are trying to both create the office setting and a school setting at once. And it's creating stress. What would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's just an opportunity to be, um, you don't have to be ultra structured. I, I, I take a walk, play some games. As a matter of fact, I seriously, I, I, my heart's been warmed. I've seen a lot of people online, um, like post that they're buying board games. Um, you know, that leads to a lot. And, and for that matter, like in some cases I, I saw, you know, Dr. Drew just basically go off and say the media has been irresponsible. Some of the worst things that are going to come out of this is the anxiety hmm. um, that this is causing and the panic. Um, if you have kids, you might want to make time for fun you may want to make time for we're not going to get a virus by going and going outside and taking a walk. You're fine. Um, you know, it's, you know, here I am talking about wanting to acquire skills. There's time for that, but there's also a time for looking your children in the eyes and saying, Hey, you know what? I value today. Now, mind you, you're going to go stir crazy after a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, just make time to have some fun and all and, 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 you know, as long as you're having a, maybe a couple of hours and you can spread them out uh, during the day to make sure they keep up with their, you know, school stuff, you'll be fine. 
Well, Don Wetrick, on the screen right now is the website, startedupfoundation.org slash OAE, free resources for parents, teachers, and students, many of whom now, well, pretty soon all schools, I think, in the country are probably going to be closed. So great resources for free, startedupfoundation.org slash OAE, Don Wetrick. Thank you so much for what you're doing, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Kurt. Awesome. Awesome.